Hello, this is a public service announcement from the Black Country Ramble. There will be no recording of the Black Country Ramble this week as West Brom have shipped nine goals in the last two games. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Uh, no, Happy New Year and welcome to this week's episode of the Black Country Ramble. Uh, JB, didn't know I was going to do that. Um, thrown in at your early doors. Yeah, yeah, mate. Yeah, you kept that secret. That's good, that was. Yeah, so... It is the first Black Country Ramble of the new year. Um, it was a strange new year, but did you have a good new year, JB? Yeah, lovely, lovely uh, Christmas and new year, mate. I was going to say very different in terms of personal yeah. circumstances. Obviously, everyone was in the same boat. But uh, on a personal note, I got engaged. Yeah. The, 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 the dear darling, she said yes. So that, that was lovely, um, which kind of um, took away a bit of the pain of watching some of the football I've had to yeah. endure over the, the... On a usually, I've got to say, usually the festive period is, like I say, is one of my favourite sort of periods of football. But I'll be honest with you, this festive period sucked the actual life out of me. Um, yeah. so that was a nice, that was a sort of a nice sideline, to be fair. Yeah, but, so you um, had to crack out a ring just to feel something. Mate, that was, that was it, mate, to be honest. <laughs> But she messaged me today saying one of the gems has fell out already. So if that's a sign of where 2021 is going, mate, um, I don't God. know. But uh, I know. Did you get it off Bilston Market? No, I tipped to market, mate. <laughs> um, no, congratulations, mate. Amazing Thank news. Thank, Thank you um, very much. Yeah, so we've alluded to it a couple of times and we can't avoid it really. Um, yeah. It was a pretty bleak festive period for both black country clubs. Um We'll go to Wolves first. Um, yeah, yeah. I thought I'll rattle through this and then I'll let you talk as long as you want. You can hit me with a monologue yeah, yeah. as as you love to do. <laughs> um, I thought you were unlucky against United. I thought you were the better side against Spurs. And I think the Brighton game was just mental. Uh, yeah. that's, that's not a Wolves game at all. There, there were goals. No, like, it, it, yeah, crazy. absolutely. I think that's a really fair assessment, mate. I, I think, to be fair, you, you've, you've probably done my job for me, but I'll sort of uh, accentuate on those points. Um, I thought Spurs, obviously, we considered within the first, I think it was 57, 59 seconds, and like that. Um, Still not as quick as we conceded to Newcastle. Uh, absolutely not. <laughs> um, and, yeah, and obviously that just sort of changed the... That, that, again, it, I alluded to when we played Leicester a couple of months back and I said, you have a game plan and then and Leicester against Leicester, we gave away the penalty and, and, and it, it, the game plan goes out the window. The Spurs game was that. But all I'm going to say is from that first minute, for 90-odd minutes, we were by far the better team. I thought we attacked well. Spurs didn't have a shot on target. Um, no, they did so. I think they had one on the, on the 21st minute or something like that. I can't remember the stats. It's been a long Christmas. Um, mm. But yeah, we were by far the better team. We had we, we we dominated the game from pretty much apart from their goal to the finish. Uh, Fabio Silva had that guilt head chance just in the 93rd minute or whatever it was, the header in the six-yard box, which yeah. you should have buried. Um, and yeah, so even though it was disappointing, the draw, even though it was a point against... Spurs, which on the face of it, you go, oh, that's decent. I think the fact is how we played, how we dominated, the chances we had, we we, we should have, we should have, we should have won that game. So it was a bit of a bittersweet game in that one. Um, the United game was 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 um, again. I, th- I think what you've said is correct. I thought the first half we were the better side. We were in reality, it's dead weird actually because I've seen a lot of United fans. I've got, I've got a lot of United friend fans, friends, things like that, and. There's been a lot of sort of talk about, oh, well, you know, United deserved it. Wolves came and parked the bus and but a bit a bit. And actually, I'll be honest, and this isn't, isn't even me being kind of biased. I genuinely never saw that. Ultimately, in the second half, United came on to us. They were the home team, they're the better team. They're drawing nil-nil at home. They, they barely really laid a glove on us, really, apart from, I think, one chance where Patricio safe and Fernandez. They've got to come at us. They were going to. They've made fresh subs about Martial on stuff like that. They're going to come at us. Obviously, we're going to defend that. doesn't mean we've parked the bus. We actually had double the amount of targets on shots and uh, double the, the amount of targets shots on shots. Wow, that's a new one. Targeted shot, absolutely, <laughs> this, mate. But, um, you know, so, and, and possession-wise, wasn't too out of sync. I think it was for 50, 55 to 45 or 58 to 42 or something on those lines. So, I think the fact that, I think a lot of United fans believe that we came and parked the bus or what have you, 
and, and they justified in their last minute winner was a bit harsh. I actually thought first half we were by far the better team. We attacked well. We had really good chances. De Gea kept them in, in the game. Second half, to be fair, I think we had one or two chances. Um, and that was it, really. Um, and United obviously came after second half and, and they got that guy. It was deflection. It was in the 93rd minute. It was gutting. I was obviously way more gutted from that game and that result. I, I think it was I mentioned you that night. I had a few beers. I can't remember. Um, I, was everybody to be, I was mentioning everybody, to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so I was really gutted about that result, to be honest, because I thought we deserved at least the point. Mm. Um, I think a draw was a fair result across the, the 90 minutes. But to, to, to concede with a deflection in the 93rd minute after you played so after you played pretty well and absorbed a lot of United's pressure in the second half is disappointing. So that was a killer blow. And then the Brighton game, as you say, was mental. For us to score in the first half is nonsense. But for <laughs> us to score three times is absolutely mental. So for us to go in at half-time 3-1 up, um, absolutely cruising. I mean, I was mentioning you saying, Jesus Christ, it's Brighton team. They are. Yeah. They're, a shit, they're, a, they're, they're was, a shit show. Yeah, you it know? was a bit of a Dan Burn disaster like, class, so though, poor. wasn't it? Like, Dan Burn let them down. I, I, it was. It, it, it did, it did. But ultimately, you know, like I said to you, we didn't even, we didn't even get out of second gear and we were 3-1 up. It, yeah. it, was like, it, was, it was a really weird, it was like a training game. It was very bizarre. Yeah. Um, but then ultimately, we came out second half and we've given away a penalty, very unlike Jan Moutinho, to do that sort of silly tackle and then from that moment forward we have literally um been on the back foot for the whole game um and then brighton got their just just rewards by equalizing mm-hmm. you know they've got i mean i mean that I mean what's their average height of their back line it's got to be six five i've never seen oh, a back line so tall it's <laughs> absolute they're, they're huge um you know so a header from a corner or a set piece or whatever it was um, feel and then again, my mind has gone blank, and I feel like I should have done it better. But we had a who missed that chance in the very, very last minute for us. Oh, uh, the, the young lad, Otisoe. So mm. Adama's gone down the right wing, 94th minute, whipped an absolute peach of a cross. Otisoe, free header, just like um, Fabio Silva against Spurs. And he's leant back rather than into it, and he's literally missed a sitter. So I look at that, and obviously I know it's all hearsay and hindsight, but I look at those chances and think if those if those if had fell to Jimenez, would have been four points better off, no questions. Um, minimum four points better off or a striker that they can score. Um, mm. would, would, would have been four. But obviously that's all hindsight. You can unpick every, every, every side's games and go, well, if we would have scored that, if we'd have had this player, we'd have had that player. So I'm not focusing too much on it, but... We, we, you know, that is the, the the fine margins of literally missing. I mean, that's why I'm so disappointed because the United game is disappointed because the way we conceded in the, the 94th minute or whatever it was. And then the Spurs game and the Brighton game. The Spurs game because we played so well and then we missed the sitter in the 94th minute. And the Brighton game, you 3-1 up. You throw that lead away and then you miss another sitter in the 94th minute. I just, I just came away from that festive period like really, really, really deflated. Um, yeah, so it was a really funny one. There was actually, so on the face of it, there were some good performances. I thought United, we played well. Spurs, we played well. In part against Bright, we played well. But to come away with one, uh, sorry, two points from a possible nine, and then obviously you had the Burnley game, which we touched on in the last podcast. It was it was disappointing, to say the least, to be honest, mate. And uh, I th- it's a big January for us because we are threadbare. Um, I mean, our bench against Brighton was... I, 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 can't, I, I think I'd only two, heard of two two goalkeepers and eight. Exactly, so yeah. you got two goalkeepers, two goalkeepers, and eight of the players are under the age of twenty-one. Yeah. You know, seven of them haven't even seven of them even seven of them haven't even made a first-team appearance. Do you know what I mean? I mean that that, yeah. that bench would have wouldn't have been out of place in in the conference or or League Two, literally. Um, and that's not an exaggeration either. Um, you know, you know the the um, the the Johnston's paint trophy sort of, yeah. where they mix the under twenty threes from the prem with the. <laughs> yeah. Do you know? Do you know what I mean? It it was it was one of, it was that kind of bench, but with two goalkeepers. Do you know what I mean? It, yeah, it was, yeah. it, and, and that and that to me was. I mean, no, we haven't really spoke about it because of the way the game is went, it hasn't really been touched on. But that was like that was scary. That was like wow, and that and that was the the Nuno small squad mentality. 
which in the in the last couple of seasons has served as well. It's it's eventually come back to bite us on the arse because that bench was 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 horrific. Um, and yeah, so so yeah, so, uh, so I'm I'm digressing a bit, but a a, a weird and disappointing sort of festive period for me, apart from some 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 bright performances here and there. Um, just a big January for Wolves, mate. Big big January coming up. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I think the the bench is testament to um, Nuno's approach that was always kind of going to turn out like this Back. this season. Yeah, yeah. Like oh, with how yeah. how many games they're playing in such a short period of time. Yes, they made some signings, but I think they re- they they should have been going into this with at least three players in most positions, but they just haven't got that. They've they've signed a left back and they're still struggling to feel the left back at times. They signed a right back. And if Nelson Tomato were to get injured, I don't know who would play there. Then Donker's out. So they've got a choice of two midfielders or one of the kids. Uh, Jimenez is obviously out. Pedence has been out. Bolly's been out. And it's really exposed them, to be honest. Massively, man. Obviously, the first two seasons we went up, when we we had a bigger we had a probably a bigger when I say better quality squad I mean in terms of relevant to the level we're playing at we probably had a better quality in depth squad in the championship because we 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 were getting players like Alfred and Dye on loan and we had a, we had a, we had a striker called Leo Bonatini who obviously didn't cut it in the prem and we mm-hmm. we had like we, we signed loads of players and we we actually had quite a lot of depth and he played the same side all the time but we had a lot of depth in the championship yeah um and then we've come up and he, and he, he's obviously got rid of a lot of them. And, and we've had this sort of small squad, sort of tight-knit, no more than 19 first-team players. Because our injury record was so good, there were pieces on the in The Athletic, on Sky Sports, about our medical department and how good we are. And it was all fantastic. Then all of a sudden, bang, you've got five, six massive injuries. And it's come back to bite us. You know, obviously, Wolves today, they've, they've, they've actually released a little uh, news article on the website, just basically giving us a bit of an update on, 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 on the injuries. Because a lot of the Wolves fans are saying, what's going on? Yeah. The club haven't released any information as to when these players are going to be back. Well, I don't think to... anybody knew that Pedence was an injury no. and Bolly was no. an injury. People just no. were like, well, what, why are they out? What's going on? Absolutely. Well, so they've released sort of like a basic sort of statement today, giving, giving an update, an overview of, of when they're all, they're all back. And like I say, I mean, a few of them are going to be a while. Marcel's going to be a while. Pedence is going to be another couple of weeks. Bolly and Dendonka should be back for next week, I reckon. Um, Johnny's joining first What's, what's happening next week? Soon. Don't big, know. Big game is it? <laughs> Don't know. I'm playing this team from down the road. I'm not sure, mate. So, managed yeah. by one of our fans, actually. But um... yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> but no, mate. On a serious note, it, it, it's come back to bite us a little bit. And I'm not saying we need to go out and sign ten players in the next week or so. But there's going to be some serious work help. on the. On, it would massively help, <laughs> mate, mate. If we went and signed ten quality first team additions, bring it on. But I can't see it happening. Yeah. Um, but we've, you know, we, we've recalled Morgan Gibbs White today. He's come back yeah, from Swansea. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, um, which could be seen as either a quite a clever move because he's got his fitness back up. He's flying for Swansea. They're flying. He was one of their key men, and he's and he's, he's had. We've actually done what a lot of Wolves fans said: get him out on loan in the Championship, playing a good style of football, get him playing regularly, then get him back and he'll flourish. So. In a way, we've done what a lot of people said we should do. Then on the other way, people are going, oh, we've done a bit of a cheap option, get, get him back and fill a gap because we need it. And I think the Pedence injury has, has, t- has uh, forced our hand a little bit with, with the Morgan Gibbs white. hundred percent, yeah. Um, but on, um, Sorry, mate, on, on no, Morgan no. Gibbs white and that, is it a cheap option? Was it always the plan? I think it's, without a doubt, it was always the plan. Whether or not it was January or whether it was the summer, I don't think it... it I think the, the yeah, hand's yeah. been forced to make it Jan. But I don't think they were ever loaning him with a view to sell, because um, no, no. Look, look at Steve Cooper's record with um, the lads who have gone on loan to him, who won the Under Seventeen World Cup with him. Um, yeah, Conor yeah. Gallagher, for example, uh, he came on leaps and bounds at Swansea. Rian Brewster really improved at Swansea as well, um, and it's it's just the done thing at the moment. If you've got a young right. English player who needs nurturing, send them on loan to Swansea and then take yeah, them back. yeah. And if he comes in and he really adds a different dynamic and he's and he's and he's grown and he's improved in in the four or five months he's been at Swansea or whatever, win win situation. Time will tell. 
Yep. But I know we're going to touch on on, on transfers and so on. We certainly bit, will. But but um, but yeah. So, so like I said, mate, I've kind of gone a little bit more than what I thought. But yeah, that was it. Was a, a weird. This is green. Fe- a weird Catholic. Yeah, absolutely, mate. You know, it was a weird festive festive period. Some good performances results that didn't really didn't match what the performances were, and ultimately there were some big big flaws in our performances as well. So just a really weird time and. I'm happy we can sort of level out over the next few weeks, really. Yeah, we. I mean, we won't go on about it, but we had a chat last time about Nuno. Is he under pressure from some people? And he is, and he still is. But yeah, I think yeah. um, you you can't you cannot judge him in the vacuum of the festive period because yeah. he throws crazy results out. Sure, um, sure. And on the subject of crazy results at uh, Christmas time, we yeah. had one semi-positive result over. Well, a very positive result, but it was a pretty negative performance uh moving on to albion we took one point from three games we conceded 10 goals in those three games and we scored one which was a big looping header from a corner which spun back across the goal line off the far post we are in big big trouble we we yeah. look so much worse than when Slavin Bilic left and it, it, the reason probably is Allardyce hasn't had time in the training ground. Um, there's just been game after game after game. But why sack Slavin Bilic at the time he did then? Just it's it's just smacks of appalling short-term planning. Um, Slavin Bilic has been appointed um, at a team in Beijing to, today. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's gone to Beijing. That, yeah. um, and he deserves that payday. Like, fair play to him. He... he was treated terribly by the club and he's a class act. I wish him all the best. Um, and I think he might have the last laugh. He actually spoke on talk sport today, sort of wishing the club well. And I think okay. better men than, than I would have uh, maybe yeah, yeah, thrown sure, a little sure. bit of shade at the club, but yeah, Slavin Bilic, absolute class act. I, I um, think he's always come across. I mean, obviously, you know, I, I can't say I've ever paid too much attention to him in previous. I, I know we, I remember when he was a Croatia manager, he did a great job at Croatia yeah. um, and, and things like that. But I've all, whenever I've watched his interviews and stuff, I've always thought he comes across as kind he of does, like, yeah. like, like a decent guy. Absolutely, I like, he's, yeah. he's got elements of, you know, I mean, I mean, obviously it was before your time, but I remember watching him play for West Ham. That was kind of my era growing <laughs> up, watching him play. So he's got that sort of nutcase mentality, which I love. <laughs> you know he's got he's got that he's got that fire and passion, yeah. uh, but he but he's articulate and, and and he seems like a genuinely good good guy. Yeah. Um, and, and like I say, you know he, he's got his move to China. Even if he's there six months, he's made for life in this sort of thing. Yeah, I think um, well he had a move to the Middle East before he came to Albion. Course, so I don't, yeah, I don't think he struggles for money. But you know, it's a strange I think, one really. I, 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 I think he'll come. I think he'll come back. Yeah, me too. There, yeah, he'll come back. He'll get a job at somewhere like. And, 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 somewhere like Norwich or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. one of them, he'll come back and he'll get a good move and he'll do what he did with Albion. And I think he'll get the time to to grow and nurture and invest and, and create a, an identity with the club rather than basically the Albion way he's coming, he's worked miracles and he fucked off in a, in a nutshell. Yeah, um, pretty much. You know, so... We've got a championship yeah. squad that wasn't even... It wasn't a top two championship squad. No, he, no. He achieved the two-year promotion plan in a season and this is the reward he's got. Anyway, I've spoken yeah, to yeah, death yeah, about yeah, Slavin yeah. Bilic and I will yeah, yeah, yeah. I will always think it was the wrong decision to do it how we did it. Whether or yeah. not we should have sacked him, different question, but how, yeah, anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the reason I brought Bilic up is we look markedly worse. We look disjointed. We a lot of the players look like they haven't bought into Allardyce yet mm. and he hasn't won them over. And I don't blame a single one of them. There's this rhetoric of they're not playing for the shirt and all this. It's like, well, they're human and they've just lost, um, they've just lost a manager who's done a lot for them. And this firefighting manager who's come in saying things like, Oh, um, I wanted to sign X, Y, and Z, but oh, Brexit's getting in the way. Or he joins a club and then says, um, oh, I think we should suspend the season for COVID. And it's like, well, Sam, that was on, the COVID was just as bad when you took your job 
Like it, yeah, yes, it's, thought, yes, it's accelerating worse, but it's clear. It's, it's I called the opportunism out last season when people were saying null and void the season, um, yeah. and we'll start again. And I've got to call Sam Allardyce out on it, otherwise I'd be a hypocrite. I think that stinks for him to come in and then all of a sudden say, "Oh, I'm a 66 year old man." I, He'll I know the schedule. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. I, I, I thought that. I thought that's yeah. a really silly. He's an experienced bloke. And again, Allardyce, I've got to be honest with you, he's one of those blokes I like listening to. Whenever he's appeared on like um, Sunday Supplement and he does all the sort of, you know, the, the, the Sky Sports stuff. Yeah, he does the rounds, like, doesn't he? Yeah, he does do the rounds. And I've always like listened to him, you know, as we've touched on, you know, I do actually yeah. like the way that he talks around football. Um, but that interview, I thought, or that article, whether it's been mis- whether it's been misconstrued or it's been the words have been twisted a little bit yeah, I'm not he, he's, sure, yeah to be fair he said that. He, he said a bit on it he said that he's been misquoted on it but i i don't know i, I just wouldn't really mention it if i were in his position i'd just get my head down and do a job because it, yeah. it, it's a bad look for the club another bad look for the club is a man who's openly said he voted for brexit saying that brexit's now shafting him and it's like, uh-huh. well, there you go. Like, well, there you, go. Yeah, you, get what, yeah. you get what you vote for, I Sam. I don't know if you were yeah. not expecting to work in football again or whatever, but obviously this yeah. is going to make it more difficult going forward to sign players from the EU. Um, yeah. Well, and the rest of the world, because it's a whole new, new kind of worms. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I, I have to say, on the pitch, we look so much worse. Our midfield is just like it's being played through like a hot knife through butter. And I do not blame Romain Sawyers one iota. He gets such a bad rap from Albion fans and there'll be an Albion fan listening to this, probably dozens of them. Um, not that we get dozens of listeners. Uh, we but- do, we get loads, <laughs> we get loads. There'll be, there'll be Albion fans listening to this saying, oh my God, what are you going on about? How can you, how can you still side with Romain Sawyers? And I'll side with Romain Sawyers until he's playing an advanced role. It's not fair to expect him to do the job that Yusuf Malumbu or Claudio Jakob used to do, or even Jake Livermore does. And Jake Livermore's not very good at it. But Romain Sawyers is a creative player. He moved further back in his last season at Brentford, but at at his core, he is a number 10 who plays incisive passes. And that still comes through. You can still see that when he's playing that deeper role, but he, Sometimes he's out of position or he gets dribbled past or he gets caught in possession because when, you, when you're playing further up the pitch, those things don't matter. If you're caught out of position and you're number 10, so what? They've crossed the halfway line. Or if you, you get caught in possession, okay, they've got the ball in their half. When you're the number 10, it's different trying to trying to screen the back four. And I really feel for Romain Sawyers. Um, I feel for all of them, to be honest. I feel for Conor Gallagher. Yes, they could perhaps try harder but I feel like that's a cop out just to say oh they need to work harder uh, uh, there'll be nobody more disappointed than than those lads and I, I feel like it, at what point do you have to start looking at Sam Allardyce and saying yeah. what what's going on Sam what's going on yeah the two things mm. I would say that do go in his favor are one lack of time in the training pitch like I've said and two he always starts slowly and he's not at a window so it I'm not. I'm not. I'm not ripping up the the. Um, I, I don't know where I was going with that one, but I'm not. I'm not writing him off, is what I'm saying. Yeah, I'm not writing Sam Allardyce off, but I'm not. I'm not won I, over at all yet. I think, I think the thing is, from my angle, as you say, I take the point that you say about the fact that it's early doors. Pretty much since the moment he's coming, it's been game after game after game after game, and that sort of thing. And maybe hasn't had the chance to implement whatever he wants to implement in terms of structure, routine, formation, style of play, blah de blah blah The only thing for me is most new managers, even if, you know, obviously it's always going to be a long time. When a manager comes in, they're not going to say, right, you're going to see instant results in the first four weeks, obviously. But you tend to see something. You tend to see a change in something, a tweak, a player spark, a player that maybe wasn't playing under the old manager comes in and looks a different player. There's a spar from here or there. There's a little tweak to the formation. Oh, bloody hell, we're doing something here. Since Sam's come in, granted you've got the result at Liverpool. I actually thought yeah, I mean, but, first. Uh, I mean, I mean, yeah. Listen, first oh, off, it, it was ridiculous. It's the worst before. Well, I watched us play under Tony Pulis for three years, and that was the most 
appalling, yeah. defensive, yeah. negative it, performance. I've yeah, ever it was crap. Listen, Lim, 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 Liverpool should have been fifteen 0 up. I'm not disputing <laughs> that. But but what I'm trying to say is actually in the end when you got the equaliser, even before the equaliser, about well, yeah. before the equaliser, you were pushing a little bit. Yeah, you obviously sensed. But I think they were throwing that. caution to the wind. They they thought, oh, we're playing yeah, the champions. We're one 0 down. What have we got to lose? But then you take yeah. them to nil nil against Leeds, and yes, uh, Romain yeah. Sawyer's has had an absolute head loss moment. I initially yeah. thought that might have been Sam Johnston's fault. But watching it back, it's like you know, yeah, looking back, you, you, it wasn't. You can't do that. You can't just pass back from twenty-five yards. It's mindless. Um, and Obviously, then they folded, absolutely folded. And then yeah, Arsenal from nil-nil, they folded. And it's like whenever there's any kind of stake, this team will folds. fold. And, and I thought Sam Allardyce would come in and absolutely tear that out of them, and he hasn't. And that's well, they haven't it. had time on the training pitch. Is the only thing I'm clinging on to, JB. But, I, yeah, I, I have I, to hope it's going to change. I get it, but like I think there's more to it sometimes than, 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 than the training pitch. Yeah. I'm on about more the mentality of it. I thought Sam Allardyce would come in rejuvenate them mentally. You know what I mean? But, yeah, but nobody whatever, wanted what, him in. That's the thing. Nobody yeah, wanted mate, Sam Allardyce in. Everybody was behind listen, Village in that squad. Listen, early days, yes, but at the moment, it's plain to see bleeding my seven-year-old daughter can tell you, you know, if some, some ain't clicking, something ain't work at the moment. Something's not quite right. And I was. T- it's funny, actually, because there's, there's a, quite a few Albion fans in my Sunday morning football team. Quite a few of them listed this shout-out to Ali, actually, bless him. He's a good lad, good, good lad, Ali, and he's a big Albion fan, and he listens to us religiously. Sounds um, very sensible. I, yeah, yeah, he's absolutely not, actually. He's a, he's a great, <laughs> he's a great, he's a great Belen, but uh, he's a good lad. But, um, and we, and we, 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 I was talking to Ali in the group chat after the game, and I, and I said, I wonder if it's it, it one for the Statman, actually. This is like, apart from the point at Liverpool, this is one of the worst starts that a manager has had in terms of like goal difference and conceding because it. It, it, yeah, it, I wouldn't be surprised. You know, it, it, oh, no manager will have come in and lost the first three, four, five. But in, so forgetting the Liverpool party. I don't know, mate. Alan Pardew is probably going to give him a run for his money if we look back yeah, on that. Uh, that. Who told me about Frank de Boer? Who said Frank de Boer? Oh, he lost Palace. every game, didn't he, at Palace? Yeah, yeah so, so yeah. Frank de Boer had, had a bad one, to be fair. But it's just, it, it's difficult times at the moment. And it's, I mean, it's funny because doing the rounds within the Wolves Twitter is you just know that you're going to get something next week. That he's doing the rounds. Oh, it's shadow of a doubt. Massively. Um, <laughs> but like, and that would be so typical, wouldn't it? But it's it so just... funny because you've been for three years, you've been like lauded how good wolves are over us. And these fates have conspired that you happen to be on the lowest lull of of the last three years, and we've just got nothing to lose. <laughs> And there's genuinely <laughs> yeah. a chance we're going to get something out of nowhere. Oh, no, it's, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy and by the mental. way, anybody listening who is thinking, well, your next Premier League games, the Black Country Derby, why are you not talking about it more? We'll do a deep dive on that next week. We're going to get yeah, everything yeah. out of the way this week, um, yeah. all the depressing stuff, and then we'll try and build some excitement um, for the Black Country Derby. I, I, it's surreal that there's one coming. But I, I, I think we are. I know. Have have the two clubs ever been on such a lull going into it? I don't know. Um, <laughs> probably back in the day, man. Oh, probably. Well, yeah, in, when it was a when, Division when I was One up, rivalry. Man, we were both shit. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, yeah. So just to just to finish on Sam, he needs time. Um, I'm unconvinced so far, and I, I don't yeah. think I'll be the only Albion fan saying that. No, no, that that's fair. Um, so we've got a couple of things left to do. Um. God, once we get started, I could talk all night about Albion and Wolves. Um, I know. But one thing we do need to do is do the wingers for our Black Country 21st Century 11. That is a mouthful every week. But my know, phone, yeah. whenever I type it on my phone now, all I have to put is Black Country and then it does uh, 21st Century <laughs> Combined 11 on the end on predictive text, which is quite nice. <laughs> um, so uh, we did central midfielders last week, uh, JB, as you know. We yep. put two votes forward um, and the winners of their respective uh, polls were Yusuf Malumbu and Jao Moutinho. Uh, that is some midfield. Yeah, it's decent. Yeah. Decent, that is. So it's yeah, industrious, it's but it's, it's yeah, it's got that bit of class with Moutinho. Bit of class, yeah, yeah. And it's got, very good in Malumbu, a player who's going to give you eight out of ten every week yeah great mm-hmm. midfield um and so it's really taking shape now really really yeah taking yeah, shape. yeah uh but Looking every good. every 442 um shout out mike bassett every 442 <laughs> needs wingers um and today that is where we're at so 
JB, I'm going to come to you first. And I know you're umming and ahhing, and I know you've probably still yeah. decided. I need one winger. You can choose left or right, I, it, or interchangeable. You can just throw two wingers at me and and say, yeah. Um, but give me your first one. Let 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 me have it. Okay, so I'll start on the the, the right wing. Should we say? Um, to start with, so it was a difficult one actually. I was we were chained before, weren't we? And I was saying, oh, I've got a lot of, sort of like I said, we, we, we when we speak about this black country, um, combined 11, there is a lot of nostalgia involved, particularly Absolutely. for me being, 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 being a bit older because, um, you know, like I say, my, I, I sort of growing up as a teenager, that's one of sort of my favorite years, um, sort of watching Wolves, even though we're better now, and obviously, I love watching us now. Growing up, it holds those kind of special memories. So we had a lot. We've had a lot of of, of, of good wingers over the years. When we went up early early two thousand, we had a, a, a lad called Sean Newton, who was an excellent right winger. He he came to us from Charlton. He was very very good. Um, even since the recent day, you know, obviously not out and out. He never played four four two. But you've got Diogo Diogo Jota. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I probably couldn't get away with putting him as an out-and-out winger four-four-two, um, and Diogo Jota was 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 excellent for us. Really, sort of world-class player. Some massive shout out to him. Um, Ivan Cavallero, great player, doing bits at Fulham, doing really well. I personally thought we should have held on to Cavallero, to be honest. But that that that's a side conversation. So there's been lots of, of good players, so it's been a difficult one. But I, I am going to sort of go a little bit of. In terms of nostalgia and all, and also as well, just just genuinely nice guy and a really good player. So my first nomination for sort of the right side will be Michael Kitely. Um, mm-hmm. So Michael Kitely came to us in 2007 from I think it was Grays Athletic, who I don't think exist anymore. I think they've, they've gone bump Grays. They're, they're one of those sort of clubs that no longer exist. Um, Mick McCarthy watched him as Mick McCarthy tended in. He managed to sort of just pull these non-league gems out of the hat. I think he cost Wolves 12,000. He's been sacked today. He has been sacked. From his job from in Cyprus, n- yes. Nick, 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 I don't know. Uh, yeah, he was at Apple, Nick, Nick, Apple, well. Niswa, Apple, Nicosia, yeah. Nicosia, yeah, yeah. He's been sacked Apple, today. Apple, Niswa, yeah. Niswa, I was going all uh, about yeah. nice. Very French. Um, thank you very much. FC Salad. Um, FC Salad, mate. Yeah. But um, yeah, so, so Mick, Mick was great for that. Obviously, he's, that was what Wolves are built on, really, under Mick was sort of bargain hunting and pulling non-league gems out. So we got him from Grey's Athletic. Um, he was initially at Spurs, I think back in the day, his youth career. But in a nutshell, he came to us as a young kid and he was outstanding. He made 114 appearances, scored 22 goals. Assists, I've got no idea, but I cannot tell you how many assists he got. Flying out and out. At least winger. four. At least four. You could probably yeah. have zero to that, mate, to be honest with you. But he was really good. The year that we went up uh, under Mick, he was instrumental. Until like absolute quality, at the time there was there were all the big teams around him. I know Alex Ferguson actually came out and spoke about him and actually said how much he admired him and what a big player he's going to be. He had that sort of potential about him. Uh, probably unlucky not to play for England really because he had injuries when we were in the Prem. But any Wolves fan that watched Kitely in his palm will know how good he was. And when I talk about when he was quick, he was skillful. He was your if you like as 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 a four four two which Mick obviously played religiously disciple of week, Mike Bassett it, absolutely um Cartley would have been your first name on the team sheet he was outstanding and again Claxon Weave uh, uh, when I worked for Wolves obviously that was my era and we were fortunate that, that Mick was very sort of hands on with 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 the staff. And, and, and the players were made sort of inter, interlink with the staff. So the, we were like one big family. And Mike, Michael Carney was one of the nicest guys you could ever meet. Just genuinely down to earth, grateful for the fact he played for such a uh, prestigious, big, um, amazing club like Wolves. Um, he has since come out and I'm said sure in interviews, that, yeah, where he, he was spot on. Um, and you know, he seemed to come out because obviously there was a little bit of acrimonious when he, when he left us because the way the press reported it was that he forced a move to to Watford and Stoke when when, when we went down. But actually, he seemed to come out and he said that actually I didn't want to leave the club. It was Solbakken, the manager that came in and 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 replaced Terry Connor. Um, Solbakken didn't want him. He said, but I wanted to stay and, and try and get us back up. But it, the, the move was forced. He said it really upset him that. 
he had this negative image for the Wolves fans and he was being slated all over the place. He said, I love this club. Like, I support Wolves now. Um, and they're one of the few clubs that I love playing for. So when I heard that interview with him, that sort of, you know, pulling the heartstrings a little bit. And like I said, when I worked there, it was one of the, 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 the loveliest, most down-to-earth guys. And genuinely, as a player, outstanding. Could have gone on to bigger and better things without his injuries, I think, to be honest with you. But he had a good career, played in the Premier League after Wolves went down. Um, I think he does a lot of Sky Sports stuff now. But yeah, very, very good player. Would fit in any team, I believe, as an out-and-out winger. So my first choice is, uh, yeah, is Michael Kiteley. Yeah, he was a very good player. Very solid yeah. winger. Um, for me, uh, I've gone big on nostalgia throughout this team. Uh, I say yeah, nostalgia. Yeah. I've gone big on 2010s and 2000s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I'm going to go modern. Uh, and this is the only current suggestion um, for an Albion player that I've gone for in this squad. Um, and it's because he's just got that bit of magic that every club craves. It's Mateus Pereira. He was instrumental in securing what was a massive promotion for the club last year financially. And he's just everything you want in a creative player. Uh, As has been a bit of a theme in this squad, he can play a couple of positions. Um, He can play... Uh, as a number 10, which is maybe his best position, but there is no number 10 in this side because we're playing a Mike Bassett 4-4-2. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and he's brilliant on the right wing as well, which is where I'm putting him forward, of course. Uh, he scored some wonderful goals last season. Uh, the free kick against Bristol City, the free kick against um, QPR, uh, the free kick against Everton this season. Um, he's a bit of a free kick specialist. Uh, the yeah. the assists that he would pull out last season, he would just play these through balls that he got on for Grisicki last year, where he was on the uh, he was between the halfway line and the edge of the centre circle, and he played this reverse pass between fullback and centre back. I remember that forty yards along the floor, and it was like this is outrageous. Like he he's too good to be at Albion, and if we go down. Even though we got him on a big contract, I think someone else will come looking for him. But he's done enough for me in the 18 months uh, that he's been an Albion player to to safely say that he is probably up there with our best players of the 21st century. And he's one of the first names on the team sheet for me in this in this 11. He's he's wonderful. He's yeah. just he's so fun to watch. Um, if he's not getting goals and assists, he's still a joy to watch, but thankfully he normally is getting goals and assists. Obviously he's had his, his disciplinary problems. Uh, he got a red card last season, retrospectively, he's already had a red card this season. Um, but yeah, you don't mind it. Sometimes he's got that, he's got a bit of fire in his belly. Um, and he, he, it seems like he loves the Albion. It's just a really good fit. Um, and I'm going to enjoy him while we've got him because yeah, yeah, sure. he'll, he'll move on to bigger and better things um, as he goes into the prime of his career. So, yeah, for yeah. me, right winger has to be um, Mateus Pereira all day. Good um, toss up that. Good yeah, it's toss a good, up. very, very close. So the way we're going to do it, guys, as we always do, is we're going to put um, up a poll and you can decide that. But we are rapidly approaching the Black Country Derby, which is the date for which we have to have finished um, this challenge we've set ourselves. So we're going to do the other winger as well. JB, I'm going to come back to you. Can I have your left winger, please? You can, mate. Again, um, I sort of dig deep in the archive, really, a little bit. Um, I, I was trying to think... Again, I'm going back. I mean, we touched it before we started recording. I, I threw a couple of names at you. were like, I haven't heard of him. I haven't heard of him. Which sort of shows the age difference between the pair of us. But, um, yeah, someone called Pedro uh, Neto. Was... <laughs> <laughs> Again, Neto, you know, I could have probably stuck him in. But for me, I, as amazing as he is, and I was talking to, to my, my cousin Esso, who, again, is a good, he was an avid listener. Shout out to Esso. Also been um, engaged recently. Congratulations, Esso. Big shout out. And Carleen, of course. That. Absolutely. Um, and as, as I said to me, Neto, he is a star boy. Like he's. I, I'd on. agree with that. He's, he's, this season, classic. this season, he's all, impressed me massively. Yeah, if if we if, we, if we've got him in, if we've got him by the end, like into next season, I'll be shocked. Like he's star boy material. Um, but anyway, but I just felt like we haven't had him that long enough to kind of chuck him in as a kind of a black country combined eleven. So um, we've had some good wingers. A, a guy called Andy Sinton for, for for lads my age and maybe older, yeah. maybe that listen. 
And you seem to uh, I, I watched him at the tail end of his career in front of me, in front of the Billy Wright, and he was brilliant, two-footed, great winger. Um, Mark Kennedy, probably one of my favourite ever Wolves players. I just loved him, Sparky. And him from Man City, one of the left foot. He was instrumental in when we went up under um, Dave Jones. But I am going to settle on, and it's again, I'm going back to the Mick McCarthy era, I am going to settle on Matt Jarvis. Um, Matt Jarvis came to us from Gillingham, I think for 200 grand, £250,000 on a mix of bargain buys again. And the boy was brilliant. Um, absolutely rapid. Like, probably one of the quickest players, apart from Traore. And to be fair, I mean, we have got some fast players at Wolves, think about it. But, like, Jarvis was rapid. Like, probably the, the, uh, probably the second fastest player I've seen at Wolves, like, apart from Traore. Like, literally lightning. Two-footed, scored goals, assisted... I've literally just got his stats up. 164 appearances, 20 goals, 39 assists. Um, went on to play for England while at Wolves, which was amazing because we were shite. That was big um, for the club at the time, wasn't it? Was it? Hu- it was huge. Oh, my God. I used to do, like, when I worked at Wolves, uh-uh. <laughs> um, we used to do a lot of, like, silent auctions and din- and, din- and like, uh, sportsman dinners. And when, when Jarvis got um, called up to England, literally we brought... A shitload of England shirts in. We went down to the training ground, got them to sign them, got them framed up, and they were literally just flying out. Like it was a huge, huge thing. I've no England player played for us, the first one since Steve Ball. Um, and, and, and like I said, he played for England under Capello, you know, one of the most revered, prestigious managers in world football ever. And he was playing for Wolves under Mick McCarthy, and we were shite. Um, so that was a really huge, huge thing. And he was just outstanding, really, really good player. Like I said, fast, two-footed, scored goals, fitted in the system that Mick played really well. Um, again, I touched on it because I think it all counts. I remember when we signed him, Mick McCarthy said, he counted in a few, he said, he said, he's the kind of guy that if your daughter brought him home, he'd be well happy. Just a genuinely lovely, lovely, lovely guy. And like I say, I met him and spoke to him and worked with him when I worked for Wolves. And he was just a lovely guy. Got his big money moved to West Ham, did well at West Ham. Then I think... I kind of probably stopped paying attention then, but I think he suffered with injuries. Yeah, I think he burned uh, out a little bit, didn't he? Yeah, ended up at Norwich. Did a job at Norwich. He got promoted with Norwich, actually. Um, God. But, you, but yeah, and I think he's still playing, actually. I don't know who for, but maybe a lower league team. But yeah, really good player. Just just a joy to watch. Like I said, really quick. Score goals. Nice guy. Big. Got loads of assists. Old school, wasn't he? Very old yeah, school winger. You're out and out winger. And like I said, Cartley and Jarvis under Mick McCarthy in that 4-4-2 with Uwilumo, Ebanks, Blake, Keogh, Sam Vokes as your two strikers. Then pair bombing down. It was just a classic 4-4-2 and it worked a treat. Um, and it worked in the Prem. They were both excellent in the Prem for us. Hence why they got the moves. Um you know, so yeah, so uh, Matt Jarvis is my uh, other one. Yeah, um, yeah, I, d- I do think Matt Jarvis is a good shout. I think he's a good player. Just imagine Mick every week. G- go out there and get chalk on your boots, lad. Like <laughs> yeah, easiest yeah. player to coach in the world for yeah. Mick McCarthy. They did literally hug the touchline. Literally yeah, <laughs> just hug the touchline all game. But they're yeah. brilliant at it. That's, that's actually really interesting because you've gone for two wingers who hug the touchline and I've gone Pereira who wants to play as number 10 even when he's on the wing. Um, and my other selection is another player who often liked to play centrally. Um, he played off the left wing or he played as, as an attacking midfielder. And this man was one of my heroes growing up. He tormented Wolves. He... He was in the Great Escape team. He's been promoted multiple times. He was promoted in uh, our best, our best championship side, the championship winning side. Um, he came back for a second spell at the club, and if you haven't guessed who I'm talking about by now, Albion fans, he scored maybe our most famous Premier League goal. Uh, which was a sumptuous volley on opening day when we beat Liverpool 3-0. It is the man, the myth, the legend, Zoltan Gira. I really, really enjoyed watching Zoltan Gira play when I was younger. He was he, he just had that bit of magic, a bit like Kumas we spoke about last week. There's a kind of player that captivates a young football fan that's just like, wow, I want to, I want to play like him. I want to watch him every week. Um, and Zoltan Gira did that. He was just fantastic. Um, he did, he did 
leave briefly. He went to Fulham when his contract ran up at the Albion, but he came back and he's a very, very popular man at the Hawthorns. Um, one of, I think maybe one of Hungary's most capped players. He scored yeah, goals in international so. tournaments. Um, he's, I think he's national hero status in Hungary. He, he's got national or regional hero status in Sandwell. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, he's just, he's just brilliant. He was one of the best players in a really fun era to support the Albion. Um, he played probably, I'd say about 200 games all, all told. Um, he got goals, he got assists. He was, um, yeah, he was just a fantastic footballer. Really, really, uh, very good. Left a really, really strong impression on me. Uh, and again, another good matchup. Uh, Gear yeah, against yeah. Jarvis. Um, yeah, there's some both some... internationals. Yeah, very um, good. I just, just looked it up. Yeah, he's played 97 times for Hungary in a 15 year career. God, that's, yeah. that's crazy. And he's he was Hungary assistant manager and now he manages Hungary under 21s. So good luck yeah, to Zoltan yeah. Gira, Hungary, Hungary under 21s. I didn't know that. Um, yeah, so we'll put that out, guys, and we'll do uh, the right wing pod tonight and the left wing pod uh, yeah, yeah. poll tonight and the left wing poll tomorrow. There's just one more thing I want to do before we finish. Um, and that is not preview the FA Cup because... Normally, I love the magic of the cup, uh, yep. but I think, frankly, it will be a second string side that plays for Albion. And I don't think Sam cares if we win the game or not. I don't think many fans will care. If we get to the yep. fifth round or get who, who the finals, got? it'll who, change. Who, who got? We've, we've got Blackpool, mate. We've got Blackpool oh, okay. Um, right, okay, yeah. on Saturday. And you've got Palace. Are you we've looking forward Pal- to it? Are you as apathetic Pal- towards it as I am? Absolutely the same as you, mate. Friday yeah. night, it's on BT Sport Extra Times One, whatever the, these channels are called. <laughs> um, probably won't be watching it if I'm honest. Um, I might stick it on in the background or something, but I, I'm really hoping Nuno just puts the kids out, gives the kids a run. All these under twenty threes that have got like star well, potential. You, you and nobody on the bench. Well, exa- exactly. <laughs> well, we'll have you, we'll have you under sixteens on the bench instead. <laughs> but um, you know, I just hope he just puts the kids out, gives them a run. I think Palace will take it seriously. I, I said to you quickly before yeah. we started recording. I think this is the kind of competition where Palace and the, the squad that they've got and where the, where the other teams are. I think they'll think they've got a chance of going somewhere in this. So I think Palace will put a decent side out. I don't think, I don't think we will. I think Palace will win, um, and, and that would. I would be absolutely fine with that, to be honest, mate. And that's all yeah. I've got to say about I, it. I, I <laughs> think Wolves, yeah, I think and Wolves it, might it, play a slightly stronger side than you're expecting because maybe. Yeah, Nuno's taken yeah. it fairly seriously in the past, hasn't he? And obviously, they lost in the yeah. final to Watford. Yeah, definitely. No. And uh, like I said, I think, and it's a shame, really. And you know, like like you just said, I've been brought up on that sort of importance of the FA Cup. Yeah, the magic of it. I remember being a kid and sitting in my mum and dad's front room. Your dad loves it. Little box. Oh, my dad loves it. I remember sitting on a Sunday night in January, literally praying. I've got vivid memories. Sounds really cheesy of praying that, that it was going to snow overnight, so I didn't have to go to school in the morning. And watching <laughs> and watching the FA Cup draw on a Sunday night. Did it snow? Um, Never, um, <laughs> never, never. And St Joseph's in Ensford, where I went to school, that, <laughs> mate, there could have been there could have been ten foot of snow, and they never used to close. Um, but but yeah, I've got really great memories and the nostalgia and magic. I remember love what obviously at the top Wolves, were obviously we were just Division One team, and I remember praying and hoping that we'd get a big draw and and, and play someone. What, like West Brom away. I, I wanted like Liverpool a United, uh, a big club, and I remember we always used to get like Plymouth. Or Preston, <laughs> or just something like that. Every uh, no no offense to any no offense. Preston fans listening. Absolutely, absolutely not. No, Preston did cost me 250 quid on my accumulator on the weekend. So Ooh. actually, yeah, um, yeah, they can fuck off to Preston. But um, I know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, but no, like I said, it's a shame. I would really hope that when things do get back to normal and things pick up where they were a year, a year or so ago, that the, the magic of the FA Cup sort of picks up. I do think it's a really important historic traditional cup, yeah. and it's a shame that I think. The magic has gone the way that it has, but yeah, don't want to go into it too much. Yeah. We got to talk about it before we wrap yeah. up, but no, couldn't give a flying about it, mate. Yeah, it's, it's different without <laughs> the fans in it. It's, it's definitely hundred percent, hundred percent. So the the last thing we do want to do, because um, this is our first podcast in the new year, which every year in football brings about the January transfer window. Um, I want to know, JB, um, and I don't know if you had the chance to think about this or not. I want to know yeah. three players, um, yeah. and these could be 
realistic. These could be pipe dreams. These could be rumors that are knocking about. I want to know three players who you would love to see wearing the old golden black come January 31st when the window slams shut. That's fine. I'll be super quick. Um, I don't think about it. And it's funny, actually, I spoke to my brother George earlier and I'd I'd mentioned that we were doing this little feature on on this tonight. And I said, oh, I'm going to think about one defender, one midfielder, one striker. And George made a good point. He made me think. And actually, he said, oh, I'm not sure about the defence. And I was like, well, George, you know, we've we've been tanked a few times this season and we've conceded more guys than we ever have. But actually, we are missing Bolly. We are missing Marcel. We are missing Johnny. And actually, I think when they come back, we'll be a different will be a different proposition at the back. Um, and I do think in, in the summer we will invest in defence, but for January now, it's about getting through to the end of the season, consolidating our aims and my opinions on what we need to do now have changed when we spoke about what, what we predicted a month or so ago. So for me, I think when Bolly, Johnny and Marcel come back, I think that will be enough as a backline to see us through to the end of the season. I would like to see us go for a couple of midfielders and a striker. Mm-hmm. Um I guess it's a combination of realistic rumours and pipe dreams. Uh, I'm not going to do stupid pipe dreams, but I'm going to go. I would like to see your sign. There's an obviously huge amount about uh, Diego Costa yeah. and all that. Don't be wrong. I'd take me in a heartbeat, but I'm not convinced he's kind of Nuno's kind of player. Um, I'd like to see us try and go for Luka Jovic from Real Madrid. Um, Interesting. I'd like, to, I'd like to see him. I'd like to just go for him. I think he's available on loan. Um, played right, really okay. well for Eintracht Frankfurt, scored loads of goals then. Hasn't really took off at Real Madrid, but he's a good player, very good player, hence why he got his £50, £60 million pound move to Madrid. He's a Mendes client, I think, under a fresh start under Nuno. I think he'd do really well, and I think he'd suit our style of play. So I'd really like us to go for Luka Jovic um, as a striker, but I wouldn't, mm-hmm. wouldn't say no to Costa. Midfield-wise, um, I'd love us to go for Christian Eriksen. Um, he's available for Inter Milan. Inter Milan has made it clear that, that, they, that they, he's not fitting to their system. And Would you available. choose Paris or Wolverhampton if you had the choice, Jack? Absolutely. But you know what, <laughs> mate? We signed Ruben Neves in the Championship. We signed Rui Patricio and Jean Moutinho in our first season in the Prem. We've done, we've done bits before. Um, mm-hmm. we've, done, we, we, we've, done, we've signed players that, that we should never have signed. Um, so I'm not saying he will come to us. I'm not saying we'll pay his wages. I'm not in, in, in one second insinuating yeah. that he would choose us over Paris Saint-Germain or anything like that. Yeah, what I'm yeah, trying yeah. to say is, is that if he was to be available and, and there was an option there, I'd take him in a heartbeat. Yeah. Um, and then the other one, I think, and it, we had been linked with him before. I think it was last year. We were heavily linked with him. I think we went to like, at one point, we were odds on, but whether that was just because loads of people loved money on. Uh, Sammy Kadira, um, again, Juventus have made him available. Um, he's made it clear that he wants to play in the Premier League um, and I think he'd be a really good addition um, neither of those three are probably going to happen um, but for me I just think where we're at the kind of players we need to try and attract and, 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 and take us to another level um, that's who I'd like to see us go for those kind of players again I'm not saying that will happen um, but those would be my sort of three ideal players, mate. And I'll probably sit here at the end of January and we'd have signed someone from Gillingham or something. Well, but, it um, could be Matt Jarvis. <laughs> it could be Matt Jarvis, mate. Yeah, absolutely. But um, we'll see, mate. But yeah, I'd like to see us kick on actually make, not make a statement and go and spend 70 million. That'll never happen. But just actually, go, just, just the board and Mendes and Nuno acknowledge that this squad is threadbare. We can't keep relying on the under 23s and your Fabio Solves of the world. Because it's not happening right now. We need to go and get some quality, experienced players in, whether it be on short-term loans, loans with, loans with a view to buy, actually go and spend a bit of cash. We need to go and actually put our cards on the table and, and show what we're about. And that's what I'm hoping we do, but I'm not um, holding my breath. So that's my dreams for this transfer window, mate. Yeah, I think any of those would be fantastic signings. Uh, obviously, yeah. like you say, bit pipe dreamy, but... Um, mm. You know yeah. what's speculation for if it's not gonna if you're not gonna have fun with exactly, it, exactly, mate. Yeah. Um. So for me, I think it's you, you were in this strange situation. Obviously, Big Sam is looking at this window and he's thinking, I, I have to get the players who are going to keep me in the Premier League. Yeah. I have to sign players who are going to bring experience, know-how, uh, a level head, and ability. At the end of the day, um, and names like. 
Czech Tosin have been thrown around. Yeah, I've um, seen that, yeah. Yeah, Hamza Chowdhury from Leicester as well. Um, Robert Snodgrass is another one that, yeah. that could yeah, be very I saw close. Yeah, that today. I thought yeah. I saw Snodgrass today. Uh, yeah. And they all sort of fit that mould of uh, let's throw it all at staying up because we because we need yeah, to, yeah. which is absolutely fair enough. Like that's that's we we're not the first club to do that, and we definitely won't be the last. Um, but I I think that ship might the ship might have sailed unless there is uh, a massive massive overhaul of the spine of the squad. Um, yeah, yeah, sure. But you know we'll wait and see. So the players that I personally would like to see a sign that I'll, I'll start at the top of the pitch. I'll start with a striker. Um, if I was recruiting for Albion, I would look at this as a side who could stay up if they sign the right striker, but it's likely to still go down. There aren't enough bad sides in the Premier League. We're probably still going to go down. So I would look at signing Tyrese Campbell from Stoke. Stoke, yeah. Yeah, yeah, fantastic little player. He scored against the Albion last season and he was a real bright spark in a poor Stoke squad last season. This season... Do do you think he'd go though? Because obviously Stoke have got a really good team to coming up. Do you know what I mean? Uh, I don't. Yeah, I don't think Stoke will come up though, Michael and no. or not. Like, I, I don't think they'll have enough. Um, but I've been wrong before. Um, yeah, I, yeah, he might not leave. He, I, and good player though. Could see why he said that. Good yeah, I, I'd go Tyrese Campbell on the basis that he is going to be a good Championship player next season. And our our attack, we've got all these lads on five and six year contracts: uh, Carlin Grant, Grady Diangana, Mateus Pereira. Um, you stick them with someone like Tyrese Campbell. Um, with Romain Sawyers in midfield, who is a, a, an outstanding championship midfielder. And we're likely to come back up unless we pollute the squad and the, the club with this short-term negative recruitment. Um, you Basically, Big Sam's. Yeah, like yeah. If you appoint the player version of Big Sam, someone who's been around the block, knows what they're doing and, and is more likely to keep you up than the players you've got, then you are going to reap the rewards of that. You're going yeah, yeah, sure, sure. to get this short-term, not rot, because that's too strong a word, but this sort of uh, old, jaded core of your squad that's never really got this an identity. Um, and, yeah. and it happens with so many clubs, and then they drift and they drift and they drift. And then when they do get relegated, they realise they're paying everyone massive wages and they're in a they're in a really difficult final. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, second player who I would look to sign. Um, and again, this is a little bit, would he leave? Probably not, but whatever. Yeah, yeah. Rico Henry, uh, the left back from Brentford. I wanted him yeah. in the summer. I, I think he's a fabulous footballer. Um, yeah. Very good footballer. I wouldn't be surprised if somebody bigger than Albion signs Rico Henry. Uh, yeah. But I, I think he's... He's a very, very good player at championship level and could definitely do yeah, it. Yeah. We've we've really looked weak at left back at times this season with Kieran Gibbs being injured so much and Connor Townsend now injured. Yeah, as well. yeah. And the third player is uh, Fabian Delph, who oh, okay. is, is a name who's been thrown about sort of speculatively, um, but uh, with some fans. He ticks a lot of the boxes that we need. He can play as a holding midfielder and he can... Uh, plays a left back, so that solves two of our massive, massive problems. Um, the, the, maybe the only thing I would really want, other than that, is a is an out and out holding midfielder. If we, yeah, if we do, if we don't get someone like Fabian Delph, we have to go for an out and out holding midfielder like a uh, Hamza Shoudry or somebody yeah, else. Yeah, sure. That that has to be the priority. It's the spine needs overhauling. But yeah, those those would be my names. I'd go Tyrese Campbell, Rico Henry, Fabian Delph uh, at the Albion. I think we'd we'd give ourselves a little bit of a better chance of staying up. Um, and an excellent chance of coming back up if we did go down with with that recruitment. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, yeah. that's fair enough, mate. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. we'll probably listen Very to good. this first week of Feb and think, what on earth were we thinking? <laughs> well, but there you yeah. go. Gosh, we were optimistic. I know, yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly, yeah. Christ um, almighty. So that just about does us for this week, guys. Next week, we will do a deep dive on the Black Country Derby. We will preview it. Um, we are going to look for guests. We can't promise we'll have guests. If anybody's listening to the podcast who's an Albion or a Wolves fan and wants to come on, drop us a message. Yeah, uh, please because, do. Yeah, we'll, we'll, 
we'll more than gladly have people on next week. It's the biggest um, game of the season for both clubs, despite what maybe some Albion fans will say about Villa and maybe some Wolves fans will say um, yeah, yeah, sure. about their ambitions. But yeah, it's still yeah. the biggest game of the season. And we'll oh, do, God, yeah. we will do a huge preview of that next week, guys. We'll really dive in on that. Um, don't expect too much FA Cup talk unless something... Yeah, crazy happens or whatever. Yeah, 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 sure. Um, So, yeah, that just about does us, guys. And we will see you next week with the Black Country Derby rapidly appearing on the horizon. JB, thank you. Thank you, Kieran. Before you go, mate, can I just grab one one moment? I'm doing this off the cuff, actually. So, guys, listening, Kieran doesn't know this is coming, but um, I think it's really important. I wanted to do this off the cuff so kind of people know that it hasn't been pre planned or premeditated. Um, I just wanted just to touch base quickly on mental health. And the reason why I'm doing this is because I know um, a lot of our sort of listeners, even though I really hope that it expands into whether you're male, female, young, old, whatever, it doesn't matter. But another core of our listeners tend to be sort of males around Kieran's to my age, et cetera, friendship groups. Um, so that's why it's quite important. And the reason why I'm just touching on quickly is because just being very honest with, 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 with Kieran and, and the listeners, the last couple of days, last couple of weeks, I've really struggled with my mental health. Um, there's been a lot of stuff going on in terms of the, the lockdown situation, um, not being able to see friends, family, the emotion of Christmas, New Year, um, the, the, the future, everything that's going on in terms of the pandemic, the fact that we've lived through probably the most difficult nine months that we'll probably ever live through. And again, there's another lockdown and, and everything that's going on that, that people, unless you're living under a rock, you're not aware of. Um, and it's really impacted me these last couple of days and I've really struggled. Um, and I've had to sort of really dig deep and reach out to a lot of people and speak and be honest, whether that be friends, family, um, I even touched it with you, Kieran, didn't I? I sent you a message the other day. Yeah. Oh, I've, had, I've had a bit of a wobble the last couple of days, things like that. And I guess the reason why I'm saying is this isn't to do with me or anything to do with that. I've managed to speak to a lot of people. I'm very lucky. I've got a really good sort of uh, good family network, friendship network. My partner's amazing. Um, I've got children. So I've got a really good network around me that I can reach out to and, and support me. But if anybody else is struggling or they are feeling down, or they're not sure whether there's a light at the end of the tunnel with this whole lockdown thing and where things are going to. It's really important to reach out and talk because a couple of days ago, I felt really down and I had a bit of a breakdown. I was crying. I felt emotional. I felt depressed. I didn't eat. I didn't know where my life was going. And I'm really lucky. I've got a good job. I've got a family. I've got a home. I've got everything in terms of materialistic things that people go, oh, well, you're really well off. But... I just felt at the end of, of, of my of my remit a couple yeah. of days ago, um, and I was I I was able to kind of um, uh, portray that to my partner and my family, and, and re- reached out to them, and they helped me. We spoke in the last few days. I felt a lot better. Um, I'm back to work tomorrow, and we, we look. We've had this podcast today, which has been brilliant. I've had something to look forward to, but it's just really important to reach out, guys. And if if ever you're struggling or you've, you don't know which way to turn, just talk. I know there's loads of stuff that goes on on Twitter and Facebook and things like that about like, different numbers you can call, but we're here. I know I'm here for my mates. I'm sure yeah, you're the same with your mates. Yeah. Just really important to talk and not be embarrassed or whatever, because like I said, I do stuff, stuff with my mental health. I always have. I've always been quite an up and down character. I have really good days, really bad days. People see me as this kind of big, loud, tall person that kind of is the party guy and nothing really bothers me, but actually it does deep down. Um, And I think it's really important to sometimes acknowledge your feelings with everything that's going on and not sort of hold that in. So I hope that hasn't ended on a really sort of like a a down note. No, I think it's a brilliant note to end on. Where where we are as a a nation, um, as a world, as we are as human beings, this whole new lockdown would knock me for six. The fact that I thought I'm, I can't play football for at least another couple of months. I can't go and see my mates. I'm what I mean, I'm a social person. I'm an extrovert. I like going to the boozer and watching the football and having a few beers. All the things that make me tick have been taken off me. And that's not just me. That's everybody in the world. This isn't. I'm saying we all living in a really difficult world yeah. at the moment now. And it's important to actually acknowledge it 
embrace it and talk about it. And if you need support or help, don't keep it to yourself. Reach out to people, reach out to friends, family, us here, whatever, um, because we're all in it together. And like I said, I think it's really important to not be embarrassed by it. If you're feeling down, sad, upset, whatever. Like when I had a, I had a breakdown a couple of days ago, I felt a bit embarrassed because I thought, you know what? Well, why people might look at me and go, well, you've got a job, you've got a house, you've got a partner, you've got kids. Everything's fine for you. There's other people that are losing businesses. Not about that. It's about how you feel personally. And if you're struggling, reach out and talk. Um, and like I say, it's just, just important to say, Jack, we're all here for each other. And just, do you know what? Keep a lookout for your mates. Look out for yourself. Look out for each other. And we'll get through this all together. Couldn't agree more, JB. Thank you for that. I think it's no a problem, brilliant mate. note to end on. If you are if you are struggling, um, reach out. And if you are doing all right, reach out to others and see how they are. Drop your mates it, a mate. text now more than ever. Um, no, not, not a negative note to finish on at all. I think it's a brilliant note to finish on. So JB, thank you for that. And thank you as yeah. ever for your excellent company. Yourself um, as well, mate. And thank you to everybody who listened. Um, and next week we will get our teeth into a massive Black Country derby. Thank you and goodbye. Goodbye, guys.